Hi there, I'm Max Kaiser. This is the Kaiser Report. The world's economy is rolling toward bifurcation. There's a word to look up in your funk and wagnall. Stacey. Yes, of course, we've been talking about that for quite a few years, that Cantillon effect at the top. The 1% get to benefit from all the money printing. Their asset prices go up, whether property or their stock portfolio, austerity for the bottom 99%. And we've really seen that and the global insurrection against banker occupation starting to rise up again. We reported that and that you coined that phrase Giabo back in 2009 and 2010 during the many uprisings and protests around the world we started to see. So I just wanted to follow up on our interview with Dmitry Orlov because I think that, in fact, a lot of these protests are indeed genuine, of course, other nations and sort of players and geopolitical players and great powers and stuff tried to intervene, but in fact, that if you saw like over a million protesters demand Chile president's resignation. He's a billionaire, he's imposed austerity, and people have had enough. In Chile? In, in Chile. We've had protests in Lebanon, we've had protests in Haiti, we've had protests in um, Egypt and Spain. So a lot of them are about this global insurrection against global banker Global insurrection yeah. against banker occupation. That's what we call it, that's what we said. And you know what they got over there? It's what I call, I came up with a new metaphor. It's the snowblower. You know that with a snowblower, you know, you push it down the sidewalk or the road there, and it blows all the snow off to the side. So basically, uh, and it leaves a flat, non-snowed surface. So these central bank policies, they blow all the money into the pockets of the top one-tenth of one percent, and they leave everybody else without anything, right? And they do this with financial engineering and via policy initiatives. It's not an accident. It's not these huge wealth and income gaps don't happen because of some odd uh, accident by design. And, you know, we've, we've shown on this show for 10 years, like, okay, we said Jamie Dimon was engaged in racketeering to, to fix prices in the gold market, to manipulate prices and to ingratiate and to, uh, you know, Im Im impoverish a lot of people. And then it took, uh, finally, that he's now being investigated and prosecuted under uh, racketeering, right? Those are individual crimes, and those are with bad intent. The central banks and the treasuries and the, uh, the fact that the treasuries and the governments have abdicated their role in the economy to the central banks, who they believe are experts living in ivory towers, those people might think they're well-intentioned, but what they have created is a globally precarious situation. I, the vast majority of people are precarious, and they actually have to work for a but, living. Right, right, right. But okay, so over there at the Bank of England under Mark Carney, it was shown that he, as an individual, was engaged in LIBOR rigging. Yes. Okay, as an individual. He, he runs the central bank. So there's yes. a few main central banks run by individuals, and they're committing fraud. Crime starts at the top, as Bastiat would say, and trickles down. That's the trickle that the system itself is rigged. And therefore, anybody who has a job within that system or functions in that system will become corrupted by that fundamental layer that is the corrupt monetary system. And here, for example, in Chile, and why people are protesting here, why I believe they are genuine protests, and sure, outside actors may intervene at some point, or perhaps they are, and whatever. But one and a half million people showed up in the streets. Branko Milanovic, who is one of the experts, if not the foremost expert in the world on inequality, 
and he has studied this for the past few decades, he tweeted in the new 2013-2014 global income distribution data just completed, the bottom 5% in Chile are at the same income level as the bottom 5% in Mongolia and Moldova. So we all recognize that Moldova and, and, and Mongolia are developing nations, they're poor nations, and the bottom 5% in Chile are equal to those. Meanwhile, the top 2% in Chile, and this is probably underestimated, he says, have the same income as the top 2% in Germany. Germany is an industrial powerhouse with a massive export market, huge wealth creation, and the top 2% in Chile are equal to the top 2% in Germany. Right, well, you've seen those T-shirts or bumper stickers or whatever that say, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Right? It's ironic, right? Because morale is not going to improve if you keep beating on people. Yeah. <laughs> now, here these in Chile, the policy is to bankrupt the country, to eviscerate the middle class, and to reward the kleptocracy. That's the policy. And those are the... When, when this kleptocracy notices that there's a million people on the street that have been impoverished due to their policies, their response is to double down. Right. It's, about, it's like that um, in, in one country, they use this phrase price tagging. If you point out how they are engaged in massive corruption, they double down. So here in Chile and in other countries, if you point out to them, hey, you're engaged in massive corruption, they double down and they just make you even more impoverished. And there's no pushback. There's no law against it. And in the United States, they've gotten rid of all the regulations, right? So there's no way to stop it. And in the Bank of England and in England, of course, it's, a, it's, it's the purest case of a kleptocracy. And, and so it, now that's been spread to the core business model of all central banks. There are conspiracies going on all over the place. And as we pointed out, the conspiracies to rig uh, precious metals markets, we presented it here on Kaiser Report back in 2011. People said it was a conspiracy theory. And indeed, it was a theory of ours that it was being rigged and there was racketeering going on. It is now a conspiracy, indeed, in fact, as the Department of Justice is charging them. There is a conspiracy going on in the repo markets. We know for a fact that central banks, well, the New York Fed in particular, is conspiring to rig something. We don't know what is going on because it is a black hole We don't, and a black box. We don't know which bank or which shadow banking member, like who is in trouble. And we have this headline uh, tweet here, in fact, from Fred Hickey. And he says, this massive daily Fed intervention business appears to be getting worse and worse. What is the Fed hiding? The longer this goes on and the bigger the interventions get, the more my confidence is shaken. I expect that's true for other investors too. And he was responding to a tweet from Brad Houston about the Fed temporary repos. On September 17th, they said, we're doing repos today and tomorrow. On September 19th, they said, we're extending repos until October 10th, 75 billion overnight, 30 billion term. And then on October 4th, we're extending repos until 11-14, 10-11. We're extending repos until January 2020, 10-23. We're expanding overnight repo offering to 120 billion and 45 billion term. There's a run on the bank for the highest liquid, shortest term base money paper. And there is not sufficient quantities to keep the system afloat. And some major bank, could be J.P. Morgan, that's my guess, is soon to announce bankruptcy or insolvency, or Deutsche Bank. And this is, uh, of course, uh, I, I've looked at the numbers. I, not since 1920, 21 have we seen such a collapse in base money. 
In fact, we're going to go to a headline here, and it talks exactly about that, and that shows the data that uh, the base money supply is declining at the same rate of 1920-21. Uh, gold credit and the coming financial collapse. Since 2016, the U.S. monetary base has declined by about 23.68%. This is the deepest and longest decline since the Federal Reserve was formed. On December 23rd, 1913, this should not be ignored. The last time there was a decline close to this magnitude, there was a sharp deflationary recession. That was the one that occurred from 1920 to 21. Here's today. You can see the decline in the monetary base and back there in 1920, 21. And just uh, for the, you know, definition purposes that we're all on the same page, he defines the monetary base as the foundation part of the money supply and represents the most liquid part of it. It basically acts like gold in a 100% funded gold standard. It represents the final settlement of a transaction. Right. That's the key, you know, the settlement layer, as it's called, with uh, the most liquid, highest grade paper, government paper. If these banks, like a JP Morgan or a Deutsche Bank, are unable to settle trades because they don't have the cash to settle the trade, then when the end of the quarter comes, they're going to have to, by law, if, they, if there is the rule of law anymore, and that's an open question, announce that they are insolvent. And therefore, they're going to set off a cascade and a contagion. Uh, that will be a continuation of the 2008 crisis, but much, much worse because in the 2008 crisis, the response by central banks was to inject 16 or 17 trillion of uh, money into the system. And the hope was that this would create growth, GDP growth and taxable revenue to pay down some debt. But instead, the banks simply took that money and hoarded it on their own balance sheets. And they, in turn, did not lend it out into the economy. They did not create any meaningful GDP growth. And in fact, over-leveraged the economy 10 times greater than it had been in 2008. So now this debt bomb is exploding. And uh, the Fed is desperately trying to cover it in the repo market which is like trying to put out that fire in California with a squirt gun. So the final settlement uh, of a transaction, that's, the, that's cash, that's gold, that's Bitcoin. There's no counterparty risk. These people in the financial markets do not want to swap that for any instrument with a counterparty. We're seeing a, a huge run on the counterparty market. Nobody wants any, any sort of instrument with a counterparty, it would seem. Uh, during the 1920 to 21 recession, the decline in the monetary base eventually made it into the broader money supply, and this caused a significant drop in price levels between 13 and 18 percent during the recession, with wholesale prices dropping as much as 36 percent. This is not yet filtered into the market. Perhaps it might not, but at the moment, even though it's down more than it was in 1920-21, if the monetary base is declining, then less means to service debt is available and could trigger mass defaults. Cash becomes scarce, and suddenly you have a situation where the Fed has to intervene in the repo market like it has been over the last couple of weeks just to keep the system going. Right. So going back to 2008 when this all started, this is why pundits like Peter Schiff got it wrong because he was, he was calling for inflation. Yes. And people like Rick Ackerman, who are on our show, were saying, no, this is deflation. Yeah. And now we see that it is a massive deflation, a deflationary depression where prices collapse. 
and uh, this is what we're facing now. That's what they're suggesting. Of course, this is the jump up. You see a massive, probably the highest percentage increase in monetary base in the entire chart since the beginning of the Fed. That did happen in 2008 and 2009. Perhaps they, uh, they saw a different outcome that didn't... Well, that was a bailout, and it wasn't put into the economy. They bailed out the creditors, yeah. that, thanks to Barack Obama, who made the 180-degree wrong strategic choice and set the country in a course of epic failure. Thanks, Obama. Did you see, by the way, that I got rid of that spider that was climbing down here? I think it was left over from Halloween. <laughs> oh, the itsy-bitsy spider. <laughs> Much more of that coming your way. Was this... Oh. <laughs> After the break, don't go away. Там на полметра была пропитана земля полусгоревшим человеческим жиром. 632 тела ребенком. Здесь мой взвод. Очень интеллигентные люди. Очень приятно было работать. Больно это все вспоминать. take the language that we speak for granted. It's like the air that we breathe. We don't notice it. And in fact, most of us believe that we simply perceive reality the way that it is. In fact, we know through many years of psychological experiments that that's very far from the truth. We don't see things just the way that they are. Instead, the world that we, the internal world we live in is highly constructed by the structures of our brains, but also by the structures of our languages and cultures that tell us how to put things together.